Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast today. Jesus Smart, the podcast. Brian Del Turco with you. This is episode 199. Something surfaced uh, in my understanding and in my thinking yesterday morning, and I'd like to bring it to you on this episode about faith. Your faith is the landing strip for heaven's best. Your faith is the landing strip for heaven's best. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about where faith comes from, uh, a little bit about what faith is. We're all learning and growing. We're going to talk about some Jesus smart keys to really being conducive to faith, things like love and character transformation, our motivation, uh, our basic lens through which we view our personal development, that we find our highest life in Christ's story, not in our own selfish expectation. Now, faith is extremely precious. It's extremely valuable, so much so that in Jesus' parable, his teaching in Luke 18, 1 to 8, about this widow who was seeking justice before an unrighteous judge, and she had this prevailing request, this prevailing appeal, and she kept coming to him until he finally just granted her what she needed to protect her from her adversary. Jesus says that how much more will your heavenly father respond speedily to to his sons and daughters, his elect who cry out to him. And then he ends that parable in verse eight by saying, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? What is that telling us? Let's just think about that statement. When he comes, will he find faith? Jesus said that. He is coming, and his expectation and his value is that he finds faith on the earth. So we could say that faith is extremely high on the value ladder, if we could put it that way. If God has a value ladder like we do, probably does. It's right up there, I think, with wisdom, right? Faith. Let's read the classic definition of faith in Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not yet seen. Now, your more contemporary translation, your more modern translation, this is also an accurate translation of this word, will say that faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction or the evidence of things that are not seen. Perfectly valid translation of this Greek word. The Greek word is hypostasis. I do enjoy the New King James translation of this word. Behind it, the King James, of course, substance. Faith is the substance of things that are hoped for. The conviction or the evidence of things that are not yet seen. What does this word hypostasis mean? It's a compound word, hypostasis. I think hypo means under, and stasis means like a standing or a positioning. Literally, hypostasis means a standing under, a standing under. It's a foundational sort of a term like an underlayment, if you will. In the technical sense, it means a title deed to something that is possessed. 
It's a settled expectation. We're standing under the claim to the property or to the promise to support its validity. I like to think of it as faith is the landing strip for heaven's best, for heaven's promises, for what wants to happen from heaven's point of view in the earth. Think of it like Eden. Eden, we believe, was an interface between heaven and earth. Eden was a landing strip. God's will was done on earth as it is in heaven. Really, in Adam and Eve, a type of humanity that is in right standing with God. All of this, of course, before the fall in Genesis chapter 3. Now that is being restored in Jesus, those who are born again are now the beginning stages of a restoration process eventuating into the new heavens and the new earth, ultimately, where there will be this interface again, this complete reunion. I have a go to jesusmart.com and search for an article I've written there about what is Jesus after. He's after the reunification of heaven and earth. That's really a big sort of meta goal that he is after. And even now we begin to pray, may your kingdom come, right? May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So think of your own faith and the faith with others as you run with them in a community of faith as a landing strip, if you will, as a precursor to the reunification of heaven and earth, a landing strip now in which the promises of God can land in the earth and be realized. The title deed can be received, expected, accepted, and it supports the validity of what of what the Lord is doing, what the Lord wants to do. In Romans chapter 4, Abraham and Sarah were expecting a baby. He was 75 and she was 65 when the Lord first began to talk to them about a baby. She was barren all of her life. So this was quite the faith horizon that the Lord was setting before Abraham and Sarah. And they would go on a 25-year odyssey of faith before the child of promise, Isaac, finally came. So if you can believe it, he was 100 She was 90. God completely rejuvenated and enlivened their bodies to make this possible. She became fertile. He became fertile and a a baby was conceived. And Paul holds Abraham and Sarah forth there in Romans 4 as a prototype or a template, a model of what it means to have faith in Jesus Christ, to believe in Christ and to allow that resurrection or that new life dynamic to be released in our lives. And it says there that Abraham, he contemplated his own body as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old. Yet, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but he grew strong in his faith. He grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God and he became what? Fully assured, fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. And there was a tipping point. There was a a place in his faith quest where it became bigger on the inside of him than all of his history, all of his circumstances, all of the 
the lower reality of their experience that they were barren. It was all trumped by the higher reality of God's design and God's promise. They were rejuvenated and the child Isaac came. And that's really just a model, a prototype, an archetype of what it means to move in faith. You see, the faith that we first have when we come to Christ just begins a process now of living by faith. The just shall live by faith, I think from the Old Testament Habakkuk, and I think it's repeated three or four times in the New Testament. So it's clearly a theme, a motif that the Lord is very concerned about in the new covenant experience of what it means to believe in Christ, the just shall live by faith. Now you may say, I don't have any faith, or my faith feels so weak that I don't even feel like trying to exercise it. No problem. Relax. Rest. There's no problem because faith comes. Faith can go from zero to one to 1,000. Faith comes not from ourselves. It's the faith of Jesus Christ, which comes from God. But the scriptures say that faith comes from hearing. And hearing comes via the word of God. So when you hear, as you keep reading the word, and as you begin to hear the living word speak to you through the written word, stay with it until that happens. Open the book and say, Lord, speak to me. Give me the endurance to stay in your word and to abide in your word until you speak to me through your word, what you want to say in a present to the moment way, a living saying word to you. So what was a said word of God becomes a saying word of God to you in the now. And that incites conceives, excites faith. Faith comes from hearing. See, faith doesn't come from sight. Paul said that we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk by what we see. We don't walk by the present circumstance, right? We don't walk by what the present environment is saying. We don't walk by what our personal history is saying how others see us, what they're saying. We don't walk by fear. We walk by faith and not by sight. And faith comes from hearing. In a very real sense, you have to hear. Hearing is where it's at. Jesus one time said, be careful what you hear. Why? You think about it. Another time he said, be careful how you hear. Why? You think about it. Hebrew says that the word which they heard did not profit them because it was not united in their heart with faith. So we need to hear. How do we hear? By faith. And it's also important what we hear. We need filters. You can't hear everything. You got to pick up the signal and filter out the noise, right? Another time Jesus said that the measure that we use in our hearing is the measure that will be returned to us. I think we can say that by implication there, that 
the measure that we use in our hearing and our doing, our application of what we do with what we hear is the measure of experience and kingdom reality that will be returned to us, right? So you determine that measure. I determine that measure. You determine what you hear. I determine what I hear, right? You determine how you hear. I too determine how I hear. But I love his statement about measure because I don't know that there's really any ceiling to that. There is no glass ceiling. There is no brass ceiling. I think it's open blue skies. The measure that you use in your hearing, parentheses if I could add, and by implication you're doing your obedience to what you hear, is the measure that will be returned to you. That is the experience, the promises received, the design of God received into your life, right? So let me share with you just quickly, just really, really quickly, a couple of vital, I'm going to call them Jesus smart keys, okay? Because we're all on a quest to be Jesus smart, to live as Jesus taught us, to live as he modeled for us. Number one is that love is the basis of everything. You know, it says, I think in Galatians that faith works by love. So don't try to exercise faith and be walking in like unforgiveness or a lack of love, right? God created everything on the basis of love. John says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Everything is upheld by love. Listen to this. Love is how things work. Love is at the basis of creation. Deep down, coded deep down into all reality, in spite of the fallenness and in spite of the depravity that we see and the twisting of God's original creation, deep down, creation is coded on love. It's how things work. It's how nations work. It's how families work. It's how organizations work, businesses. It's how education works. It's how everything works. Love is the basis. And my personal world, your personal world, will be changed as I am changed, as you are changed. Your personal world will trail your personal transformation. Here's another way to say it. Internals create and shape externals. So God is very concerned about love. He's very concerned about personal transformation. And when we're talking about something like faith and how to optimize faith, we really need to go upstream a little bit and talk about personal transformation and love because faith does not work without love. Real faith does not work without love. And our personal transformation will affect our personal world. And listen to this, it will affect and expand your circle of influence, that sphere of influence that God has apportioned to you in your lifetime, that he wants you to fill up and exercise dominion and exert the influence of Jesus and his kingdom in that sphere of calling. 
that sphere of influence, it's affected by your personal transformation. Here's another Jesus smart key. Remember, the future belongs to Jesus, but he also shows us how life works best. Here's another Jesus smart key. Motivation. What is our motivation? James says in chapter 4 that sometimes we pray and don't receive because we're asking amiss. So here we are trying to exercise faith, but it says that we're doing it like in a selfish way in that passage. We're really loving the world more than we're loving God there. And that doesn't work. There's no expectation that that will work, that that should work. There's no thought from God that I'm going to make that work for them. No, I'm going to circle them back. I'm going to bring them back until their priorities are right, until their motivation is right. I'm going to bring transformation to them. And now we can fine-tune those prayers. We can enhance that exercise of faith, and it'll be accurate. There will be a heavenly acumen on it. Here's another key as we exercise faith. And it's kind of related, I think, to the second key, but we find our highest life in Christ's story as we exercise faith. And so we lose our life to find it. Jesus said, if anyone comes to me, he must lose their life to find, really locate their designed life, their highest life. And so faith is not just something that we can run off with and just try to apply it in any old way we want to. And with any kind of bad heart issues we got going on, we're still going to try to. It just doesn't work that way. And that's a good thing. Love is the basis of it. It's the basis of everything. What is our heart motivation? What is our priority? And really, are we seeking to find our life in Christ as we exercise faith? Or are we trying to use faith as some type of a personal development, personal life enhancement program? No, that's not what Jesus understands faith to be. So faith is a standing under. It's a landing strip for heaven's best promises. It's a realization of what wants to happen in the earth from heaven's point of view. And you carry that right in your heart. And you carry that in your heart with others as you run with them in the body of Christ. Even together, you become an airport, a landing strip of heaven's best coming to the earth. Super high value with God, super high value in the kingdom faith. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the conviction or evidence of things that are not seen. And someone may come and say, I don't see any evidence of what you're believing for. They don't understand. Faith is the evidence. And you and I have to begin to, we have to come to a place. It may take a turning in our thinking, but The title deed comes before it's seen. The evidence is in our heart, in faith. The evidence is not the answer to the prayer or the manifestation of what we're believing for. 
the evidence is already in your heart. And then when it does show, that's just a showing of the evidence that you've already been carrying. Father, we just agree in prayer that you would insight and excite faith within us through your living voice to us. Faith comes from hearing, hearing via the word of God. Holy Spirit, would you enliven the scriptures to us? Would you quicken the word? May it lift off the page and come deep into our heart as the living voice of God to us in our moments, in our days, in our weeks. We live by every proceeding word from the mouth of God. We walk by faith and not by sight. And Holy Spirit, would you also speak to us in personal ways that are aligned with the scriptures, that are within the framework, the tenor, the spirit of the scriptures about our lives, decisions that we're making, steps we need to take, specific guidance that we need, words from the Lord, words from the Lord of all. Thank you. We receive that aspect of the voice of the Lord to us as well, which conceives, incites, excites faith in us, and we live by every preceding word of the mouth of God, from the mouth of God, and we walk by faith and not by sight. And he who comes to God, Hebrews says, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. And it also says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. Father, may we awaken you with our faith, awaken pleasure in you with our faith. May we attract your attention to us and awaken pleasure in you with our faith. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Thank you, Lord. I pray that you would show us, show my friend, that the faith that we had when we first came to Christ is a seed only to be developed and expanded and to grow as a lifestyle of faith as we walk with you. We praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you agree with me on that? I hope you do. Jesus said, if two or three of you agree about touching any one thing they may ask for, it shall be done by my Father who is in heaven. Remember, my friend, that the future belongs to Jesus. We touched on it here. Jesus is after the reunification of heaven and earth. He's after the restoration of all things. Revelation, it says, I make all things new. As we're on the way to that, that horizon's before us, right? As we're on the way toward that, he knows how this life works best right now, really as an advanced deposit of that. We live in the light and power and life of that horizon. Pull it back right into today. Pull it back right into your location in life right now. Appreciate you, my friend. JesusSmart.com. Have a great day, and we'll catch you next time.